I spoke about a topic a couple of days ago uh, for the uh, talk that I gave before the second Jumar here. And I'm just going to repeat some of those points and then add to some of those points, inshallah. In that talk, I was mentioning that the scientific world appreciates today that water is the foundation of life. And this is something that even the Qur'an mentions, but has become only more clear as biology has gained gained a further understanding about the reality of creation. So much so that when scientists produce robots and telescopes and instruments in which they try to detect the presence of life in another, on another planet, the first thing they look for is water. And I think everybody can appreciate this when there's an uh, excursion to Mars. At whatever distance, let's, let's say they don't even get there, but whatever distance, one of the first things they look for is water. And the reason that they're looking for water is because scientifically they understand that life as we understand it, of course, there's a limitation here, but life as we understand it is predicated upon water. And we know that every cell, every living organism is essentially water. I mean, to the extent that you and I, I remember in if you remember from high school chemistry, I think almost all chemistry textbooks have this uh, image where they talk about what we are, and they basically say that you know, you're like $16 worth of chemicals and a bunch of water. Like if you were to actually break down a human being into their chemical components and then you were to just pile up those chemicals in a pile, it would, at that, well, anyway, I'm sure there's inflation. <laughs> Today there's a lot of inflation. But at that time when I was younger, they would show in these uh, biology textbooks that you're like $16.95 worth, worth of chemical plus a whole lot of water, 80 90% water. And that's true not only of us as uh, an organism, but also of every cell. Even the tiniest cell, even a bacterium, is essentially just mostly water. So again, the reason that these scientists will send out these missions to Mars and to other locations or telescopes that are you know, trying to magnify what's present on the surface of any planet, the reason that they look for 
water is because their understanding is that the physical basis of life is predicated upon water. Okay, so this is a scientific understanding. It's fairly well established. We have no problem with it. It's also concordant with our dean. So that's fairly straightforward to understand. The point that I want to make, however, is that interestingly, not only is water the physical foundation for all of creation, but it's actually also the spiritual foundation for all of creation. And that's kind of somewhat unique and odd. Meaning I would argue that not only is water required for life physically, but water is also required for life spiritually. So how so? Because you'll see that every single key act of ibadah that we perform, the means by which we petition to perform that act of ibadah is often predicated upon water. Now, think about it for a moment. You know, I would argue, we could argue, the greatest act that we're allowed to perform or we're given a gift of performing is salah. In fact, we know that the first act that we'll be asked about on the Day of Judgment will be salah. If salah is good, everything else will be good. And if salah is crooked, everything else is going to be crooked. But when you think about salah, salah is such an amazing interaction where a person actually gets to bow before their Lord, gets to worship only that which deserves to be worshipped, gets to turn their attention towards only that to whom attention should be turned. Such a unique, unique, unique act of worship. It really just focuses a human being completely, physically and spiritually, upon that which matters. But what's the petition to gain entrance into that act? SubhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not saying you need a certain IQ to be able to perform salah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not demand that you have to perform a certain number of deeds before you're going to get the opportunity to perform salah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not demanding a certain amount of wealth or a certain amount of physical strength before a person can perform salah. The key mechanism by which we petition to gain entrance into salah is by making wudu. Right? I mean, a person essentially performs wudu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts that as a surrogate for purity and therefore allows even the most impure uh, Muslim to be able to join the gathering of salah. But what is it predicated upon? It's predicated upon water because without wudu, we're not able to enter into salah. In fact, it's the foundation. If there's no wudu, we know there's no salah. And in fact, I would argue the other, the other way, if you just think about it from the perspective of narration as well, which is that the foundation of salah is wudu. Meaning, people sometimes come and ask the question, how can I perform my salah in the best way possible? Right? I mean, this is a question we should all have because really it's the unique, unique feature of our lives that we get to perform salah five times a day. And if someone comes and asks the question, how can I perform salah in the best way possible? How, how can I gain the greatest depth in my salah? How can I make my salah meaningful so that I actually advance from it? It changes me and it changes my character. Then we know that the foundation of salah is purity. So it always starts with the question of purity. And of course, that includes purity of ground, purity of clothing, purity of the body, which is predicated upon water. And then, of course, the purity of the heart, the purity of our deeds, all of these things, they exponentially multiply with one another. They're multiplicative. They unify in order to create a foundation upon which a very, very effective salah can be built. 
But again, the petition, the petition to enter into salah is water and wudu. So that's a really, really uh, unique feature of water. Again, it's showing you that not only is water, not only, we, not only are we dependent upon water physically, but we're also dependent upon water spiritually. From another angle, you know, the greatest interaction, one of the greatest interactions that we can have throughout the day is to spend some time with the Qur'an. Really, I mean, subhanAllah, this is the book of Allah, the word of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is that, the, it, the, the little bit of time that we devote to Qur'an gives us, always gives us more than what we put in. I mean, this is kind of interesting as well, right? You can put time into something, but it may not necessarily give you back what you put in. You could easily put in 10 hours into something and gain only 10 seconds worth of benefit. And I actually, you can even put in 10 hours into something and gain a negative benefit. You could lose, right? If it's a bunch of waste of time or we do something that's, uh, you know, other than what we should be doing, uh, we can actually lose in that interaction. But, so, but the interaction with the Qur'an is such that even a moment spent with the Qur'an, it gives you way back, way, much, much, much more back in return. All of the great blessings that are associated with the Qur'an, the fact that it guides us, it elevates us, it raises us, it creates, it, it shows us our purpose, it tells us where we came from, it tells us why we're here, it tells us where we're going. These are the three questions of life. These are the three questions that all of the people of the world are trying to solve. Where did we come from? What are we doing here? Where are we going? All of it is elucidated by the Qur'an. It elevates human beings, it elevates the believer, it resets our perspective, it opens our eyes to reality. But the petition to be able to engage the Qur'an is what? It's not IQ, it's not physical strength, it's not academic rigor, it's simply wudu. A person can interact with water, simply wash four body parts, wash the hands, sorry, wash the arms, wash the face, wipe the head, Wash the feet, and they have petitioned themselves and opened the door in order to be able to touch and physically take benefit from reading the Qur'an. From another perspective, one of the great acts of worship and one of the most unique opportunities is that, inshallah, we'll get a chance to perform tawaf. Maybe many of us have done it, but even the ones who've done it look forward to being able to do it again. It's such a powerful action that when a person performs tawaf in the right context at the right, right time and the right place, it just erases all of a lifetime worth of sin and allows a person to return as a newborn baby. Now, of course, there's some deeds predicated around it, but essentially it's, it's all centered around this idea of doing tawaf around the Kaaba. Right? What's the petition to be able to perform tawaf? Same story that I've already given for the last two acts of worship. The petition to be able to perform tawaf is wudu. A person simply, despite their impurity of a lifetime, despite their impurity of a lifetime, and the opportunity of a lifetime, the extreme, look at the extreme, the person's coming from impurity and performing the opportunity of a lifetime. Which, by the way, just as an aside, angels perform but only get to perform once in their, in their existence. Every angel that performs tawaf only performs it once in their existence according to narration. We get the opportunity to perform it sometimes more than once in our lifetimes. But what's the petition? The petition, again, is wudu. Meaning, you need to be in a state of wudu in order to perform tawaf. You need a state of purity in order to be able to perform tawaf. So over and over again, we're seeing that not only is water the physical foundation of life. Water is the physical foundation of life. Great, let's say it this way. Water is the foundation of life. Water is the foundation of life. 
And although we might scientifically in today's day and age appreciate that from a scientific perspective, and of course we accept that because it's part of our tradition as well, it's obvious, water is essential for physical existence, but subhanAllah, water is actually necessary for spiritual existence just as, it, as, as much as it is for physical existence. And every interaction that we have with water is extremely beneficial. Not only are we drinking water to quench our thirst physically, we're drinking water, sorry, we're engaging with water to quench our uh, thirst spiritually. Now, that is something that we should be extremely grateful for. We should be extremely grateful for, meaning that we live in a world where we're constantly surrounded by blessings. And there's so many blessings that we're able to take advantage of. And we're taught to be appreciative of those blessings. We should be appreciative of the food that we eat. We should be appreciative of the clothing that we have. We should be appreciative of our homes and our educations and our jobs and all of the bounties that we've been given. But I would just remind myself and everyone here that water is also an example of something that we should be greatly appreciative of. Meaning, when we sit down to make wudu, or when we gain the opportunity to purify ourselves through wudu, we should be grateful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created a surrogate for purity that allows us to be able to engage Him. Now what do I mean by that? Meaning that you know, and I know, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is tayyib, Allah is pure. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not accept other than that which is pure. So how could it be? I mean, look at the disconnect. How could it be that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His majesty and His might allows us with all of our impurities and despite all of our inconsistencies and despite even the physical impurity that's currently present within our bodies to be able to engage Him in such a deep act of salah? The reason or the surrogate that allows that to happen is that we express some degree of purity through wudu. We perform wudu. I mean, it's a, it's a surrogate because you're wiping the arms, or sorry, you're washing the arms, you're washing the face, you're wiping the head, you're, you're washing the feet, and all the associated acts of wudu as well. And essentially what you're really basically saying is, this is my petition to you, Ya Allah. Here is my effort for purity, despite all of my impurity, and I now seek to engage you in salah and worship and gain an opportunity to be able to gain proximity to you through sujood. That's all occurring through water. But again, none of that can happen without purity, and purity becomes the surrogate, or that, sorry, wudu becomes, becomes a surrogate that allows us to be able to express that purity. So when we gain, whenever in our day, Whenever in our day we gain the opportunity to be able to engage with water, we should always be grateful. Meaning with every sip we should say Alhamdulillah, but with every opportunity we should also say Alhamdulillah. When we start wudu, we should say Bismillah. I mean, it's something so simple. How much, see, the thing is, <laughs> we live in a world where you don't have to carry the buckets of water on your shoulder. So now we don't, you know, we go, we jump on the faucet, we turn it on, we don't think for a second what an amazing thing this is that we even have water available to us. You know, the fact that we have fresh water available to us is such a unique blessing in this world. Uh, you know, I was, subhanAllah, interestingly, I was living in, uh, I was in Jordan for the summer. And just this an aside, I was in Jordan for the summer. And Jordan is one of the countries in the world that has the least water. In fact, they have no fresh water. They have no fresh water, natural fresh water source. They, they have a little, they have a little, but it's very minimal, very minimal. 
And what happens in Jordan is that these trucks, they have to drive all around Jordan and they pump water to the houses. So you have these tanks on your roof and they pump water into the, to the roof and then you use it for a week and then they pump it again. And uh, there, it's very common for water to run out. Like people literally, every morning, wake up, they go up onto the roof, they see how much water they have, then they might try to get more water, they might be a little more careful about the, how they use water. But water is like a, seen as a very, very valuable resource there. And it should be, it is. I mean, there's many places in the world that don't have access to water the way we have access to. But the point I'm trying to make is that when we turn on the faucet, we're just so accustomed to everything just being available to us. First, the fact that we have water to, available to us is an amazing blessing. We should be grateful that Allah has given us that water to be able to use. Second of all, the fact that we can take something as simple as water, which we're dependent on physically, and also become dependent on it spiritually, and actually perform such a simple act of, as wudu. And by simple here, I mean simple to perform. Such an act is simple to perform as wudu. And we simply just, again, what are we doing? We're just washing the arms, washing the face, wiping the head, washing the feet, and then the associated sunan. And what happens? We automatically become acceptable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be able to pray, to be able to bow to Him, to be able to worship Him, to be able to turn our lives away from everything except Him. And then, if we want, we can use that same action to be able to engage with the Qur'an and to be able to take guidance from the Qur'an and benefit from the Qur'an and grow from the Qur'an and engage the Qur'an. And then on top of that, we can make wudu and we can use it to perform tawaf. And it it becomes just the foundation of our spiritual being. And this is a blessing. We should be grateful for water. We should be grateful for wudu. And so when we make wudu at the very beginning, we say, uh, we say uh, bismillah. At the very end, we make the appropriate du'a. And we should conscientiously engage with water, recognizing what's going on. Like, for example, we know from hadith, from the sunnah, that when a person washes the arms, the sins of the arms are washed away. When a person washes the face, the sins of the face are washed away. When a person wipes the head, the sins are wiped away. When a person washes the feet, the sins of the feet are wiped away. So, or sorry, are washed away. So this is like a huge blessing. I mean, it's something that we should be consciously engaging and understanding. I mean, if somebody gives us the opportunity to redeem ourselves in anything in this world, we would be absolutely focused on it. If a teacher says to you, you know, I'm sorry that you failed uh, the exam, or I'm sorry you didn't pay attention today, so uh, if you come, I'll tell you everything. You, I'll just tell you in five minutes the key things you missed and what's going to be on the exam. And then if I fail the exam on top of that, it's not the teacher's fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. I mean, if my student, my child says to me, uh, you know, I, I didn't do well on the exam. And I say, why didn't you do well on the exam? Because the teacher gave me a study guide and told me all the questions, but I didn't look at it. I said, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Like, you missed out on such an opportunity. The teacher made this as easy as possible. And you were the one that failed yourself. You failed yourself. This was, this was very straightforward. Our deen is that way. If we fail, it's never because any other reason except we fail ourselves. And still, still, still beyond that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes excuse after excuse. And I'll tell you that just as a final example, we are so dependent on water spiritually. Water is such the foundation of our spiritual existence that the last thing that we'll interact with before we leave this world will be water. You're not going to, the, when you pass away, no one's going to take you into the off of, the, of your house and take and show you your old bedroom, stick your pillow in the grave with you. No. People are going to take you. They're going to wash you with water. They're going to wash you with water, wrap you up, and put you back in the ground from where we came. So water is almost that thing that we're dependent on from day one, 
and we're honestly dependent on it after the last day. After the last day. When there's no more engagement, there's no one's going to feed the dead body, no one's going to produce, put clothing on the dead body. Yes, it'll be wrapped to cover it, but no one's going to put clothing on the dead body. But water is the thing that's going to, everyone will get a whistle if they, uh, when they pass away, and then uh, they'll be buried. So from every angle, spiritually, by the way, that's a means of expressing purification before we return the body back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to the grave. The soul's already returned at that time, but the body's returning back to the earth from which it came. So from so many different dimensions, yes, water is the foundation of life. And it is fascinating that water is the foundation of all physical life. But I think we should be just as mesmerized, or maybe even more mesmerized, that water is the foundation of spiritual life. So much of our spirituality is predicated upon water. We should be appreciative when we have water and we have the opportunity to access water. We have the opportunity to use water. There's a respect for water. There's a gratefulness for water. There is a conscientiousness that a person has of the benefits that they're taking from water. And then there's some basic, uh, you know, we should perform, we'll do it properly. Such a simple, again, simple to perform act. And we shouldn't shortchange ourselves in our wudu. You know, sometimes we feel lazy. I don't really want to make wudu. Now this is going to be difficult. But it's not that difficult. It's a very simple to perform act. And it has just innumerable benefits. So we should take advantage of the opportunities to be able to perform wudu. We should try to stay in wudu. We should make wudu before we go to bed. Because it's also a spiritual blessing upon us. All of the various aspects that are related to wudu are things that we should continuously think about and take advantage of. And... Yes, it sounds like a very simple message, but if you really think about it, it's a very, very deep and easy message to comprehend, and that's the beauty of our deen. So, again, water is the foundation of all of life. Water is the foundation of all of life. And then I would just say, comma, physically and spiritually. Or maybe we say it the other way, spiritually and physically, because that's actually more important. Just as dependent as the body is on water, subhanAllah, so too is the soul. Just as dependent as the body is on water, so too is the soul. And we're an aggregate of two things, right? We have a body and we have a soul. Both are dependent on water. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are able to appreciate the blessings of water. And may he make us amongst those who are grateful for the blessings of water. And may he make us amongst those who are able to leverage our interactions with water to be able to petition ourselves to be able to engage with all of the wonderful opportunities that he has provided for us to be able to grow spiritually.